0: Hi, welcome to Math and Musings. I'm Mike O'Connell, creator of Math and Musings, and your host. Stay tuned for 15 minutes of science, politics, news, and opinion. In other words, Math and Musings. Today's date is Friday, September 2nd, 2022. This is season two, episode number 35 of our show. And there's a lot to pack in today. It's been a busy week since the last time we've got together. Then again, uh, during the school year, uh, they're all busy weeks. Then again, they're all school weeks for me. This is the year 2022. There's really no stop to any of this. And I first must mention, it hadn't occurred to me until I said the date, September 2nd, and realized what today was, that... Today is my cat's birthday. It's Bruce's birthday. Bruce is turning 12 years old today. And it's the kind of thing where, like, I don't necessarily see it coming. But when that date comes around, like, I know Bruce's birthday is September 2nd. When I say September 2nd, it's going to make me think of my oldest child, our cat, Bruce, who's been with us for almost 12 years now. 12 years old. Today today is also that fake Labor Day for those of you in a county or a school district, I should say, that still celebrates the traditional three-day Labor Day, w- which has only, only existed for like 100 years or so, you know, through thousands of years of uh, recorded history. But yeah, my school district does a uh, four-day Labor Day weekend. This, this is a day off from school uh, for kids. That uh, I've talked about this before. Like, it's been done on episodes of Math Amusings. I've talked about the weirdo holidays. This is, to me... All right, There, there's plenty of religious holidays that for religions that I don't celebrate. Uh, you know, we have Jewish holidays. We have Muslim holidays. We have various Christian holidays, various public days off. The, I don't even understand why they get off. And then this one, to me, is just a sop to the tourism industry. Like, the reason... That school starts after Labor Day is to appease people whose business is during summer, like the tourism industry, basically. And uh, that we're starting early, I'm I'm sure, upsets those people, you know, the the amusement park types, that there's a four-day weekend on Labor Day ameliorates that a little bit. Well, we're starting school early, but we'll we'll give you this four-day weekend over Labor Day. People have to do something over Labor Day if it's going to be four days, right? I don't even I don't even really like Labor Day as a holiday. To me, it doesn't do anything. It uh, and then to get you know double days off for it doesn't it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, however, as I've often said before, I'll take it. I'll take it. And uh, that's sort of my lead with the joke way to introduce uh, today's program. Because not all of today's program is is going to be happy and light and fluff. Today, uh, if you saw this uh, on Monday, I kind of teased this, that um, we're commemorating the life of a, a musician, one of my heroes. He was the 21st century jazz organist. And he recently passed away, Joey DeFrancesco, uh, who was a, a virtuoso of the organ, a child prodigy. I mean, he, was, he literally like grew up playing the organ, played, uh, came from a musical family. When he was, you know, you, these become tall tales. You know, every time I look, he he's, gets younger, playing with Miles Davis when he was seventeen or fifteen or whatever he was played with Houston Person when uh, he was young and you know these Miles was you know 40 years old and he was Houston Person is 30 or 40 years old and he was Houston Person actually collaborated with Joey on an album years after they first played together on uh, the exact title of it escapes me but the the idea behind the uh, album is uh, songs made famous by Frank Sinatra Everyone has a Sinatra tribute album. Joey's, along with Houston Person uh, playing the uh, tenor sax, really brings it. Uh, To say that Joey Francesco's death was unexpected uh, is quite an understatement. I can tell you that uh, firsthand, because I saw him, like, like two weeks ago. Uh, I guess it's three weeks ago now, but, I mean, I... I saw him play a gig live and in person like 12 days before he died and he was he was very much alive and bringing it on uh, the organ and the trumpet and then I see him pick up a saxophone. I didn't know he played the saxophone. He sang at least one or two tunes as well. gotten held his own uh, with the microphone as well. And it was was an incredible show. I saw uh, Joey and his trio at the Keystone Corner in Baltimore, which I've talked about before. Great show. Nothing like, hey, folks, I'm uh, I'm getting out of the uh, the life business. This is going to be it. No, nothing like that. So more news may have come out, but I I read probably a dozen news articles about Joey's death. Nothing mentioned the cause. Like I, nobody, nobody knows. Nobody knows why or how he died, and like what were the circumstances of that. Maybe that's come out since I recorded this podcast, or maybe if you dig deep enough, you find out. Um, I guess it kind of doesn't matter. He's he's gone now. I'm very glad I had the opportunity to see him play in Baltimore. It was August 13th, and. Uh, it was, it was an amazing night because it happened to be, talk about birthdays, it was Todd Barkin's birthday. Now, Todd is the owner of the Keystone Corner and has owned Keystone Corner, sort of, for 50 years. Yeah, you, you heard that correctly. Now, Todd is, is only 76, so like he was, he was a kid, he was 26 years old when he bought... The original Keystone Corner, now he's not the first owner, the original Keystone Corner nightclub in San Francisco existed prior to Todd's buying it in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, like the heyday of like the hippie movement and uh, and such in San Francisco. Todd buys the thing in 1972, he's just 26 years old, and turns it from uh, what it was, various quasi-legal activities that that went on at the old Keystone Corner. So named because, I, I, the story goes, it was next to or near anyway a police station, think like Keystone Cops, the the name was kind of a, a joke, you know, play on that. And uh, Todd owned the thing. This part I had to look up. I I know this is their fiftieth anniversary. Todd owned the place in San Francisco from 1972 to 1983, and made it more jazz, like like a jazz club. And it got a little avant garde. Maybe it wasn't quite the Grateful Dead. You know what? It wasn't Hate Ashbury, right? But it was San Francisco, like the San Francisco jazz scene, and was the location of many live records, including one of my favorites. This is Rashawn Roland Kirk and his album Bright Moments. If you can believe it, uh, so Todd was like playing the tambourine or something that night and then later wrote words to that song Bright Moments and performed with Joey Francisco that night, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Todd got up just you know, he's always a man behind the scenes. He's, you know, turned the dials. He's, he's a producer. He's an impresario. He grabbed the microphone and sang along with Joey's band. It was unbelievable. As I say, it was his birthday. They brought out a whole rack of cupcakes. And Todd blew out candles on the cupcakes. And I'm seeing all this. Because i, I got to, like, move out of the way of the waiter who brought this up. Because I'm sitting one foot from the stage. Like, I could literally touch Joey's piano is it it's sitting there on stage and uh, it it was it was an incredible experience for me getting to see this firsthand and then knowing that it was you know it's going to be all over less than two weeks later it just makes it that more uh, unbelievable Um, the the uh, modern Keystone Corner by the way which is in Baltimore I've talked about many times before I've been there, you know, eight or ten times seeing different acts. They bring in the best jazz acts in the country. It out blues alleys. Blues Alley. It's the best jazz club in the mid-Atlantic, maybe in the entire East Coast, maybe in the entire country. You know, I haven't been to them all, but it's hard for me to imagine one that would top this. New ones in Baltimore, had opened about three years ago. This is following the uh the old one, which shut down in 1983, but was uh, the scene of many great jazz performances, including, including uh, an album that Red Garland uh, released in, uh, oh, it would have been sometime in the 70s. I know one track from this album because it was used in one of the Ken Burns' baseball documentary episodes. It had to be the last one, because I think it's he's talking about the San Francisco Giants, and he plays Ken, I guess. You know, his inserts as music. The Red Garland, Leo Wright on saxophone recording of I Left My Heart in San Francisco, which the first few times I I listened to this, I didn't even realize it was recorded not only in San Francisco, but in the old... Keystone Corner nightclub, the original one that's in San Fran. And now they have the uh, the modern version in Baltimore. So many uh, many moments and bright moments at that old club, and now they've, they've rekindled it uh, in Baltimore. I sing the praises of it every time I go there. I've, I've gotten to see quite a number of name acts at uh, the place. And uh, yeah, Todd Barkin sitting in with Joey DeFrancesco uh, Trio. It was amazing to say the least and then to uh, to know that well that was had to have been one of Joey's last gigs. As I say, he died 12 days later. Uh, just an amazing musician, as I say, from a family of musicians. Picked it up at a very young age. but The organ was I guess his main instrument and then later on picked up the trumpet and then Later on, picked up the saxophone and saying the guy could do everything, and his style of, of playing the organ, you know, harks back to decades previous, but kept fresh in the twenty-first century. Uh, what an incredible talent. And, that, of course, the guys he had uh, playing with him were top musicians as well. It's, it was interesting. He had... Uh, I said the guy's names. They've escaped me now. The guy playing drums, who I guess members of his family were sitting at the table next to me. Uh, like, I was, I was in, like, the family section. It was great. And then he had another guy playing with him who also played organ sometimes, like, a keyboard with various organ patches on it. And then sometimes... Picked up a guitar and played the guitar. Sometimes he had like two pianos and drums going on. Sometimes it was piano, guitar, drums. Sometimes it was drums, piano, saxophone. It was just three guys. It's always three guys coming together in various forms. Uh, You know, if you looked at the total number of instruments on the stage, it it was uh, quite impressive. But it was it was always just three people, except when Todd joined them picks up the microphone, and sings. So as I've said before, uh, Keystone Corner is one of the, uh, the greatest spots on earth. That's where you want to head. And I, I don't get a nickel for saying any of this. They're, uh, they're not one of the sponsors of the show. Sponsors of the show, I'm going to read you a list of the sponsors of Math and Musing so you know who to support. Michael O'Connell Jr. That's it. This is a one-man show. And uh, I appreciate your tuning in and listening today. It's every Friday. It's every Friday. Now that we're uh, into the school year and into fall, I get some more uh, timely stories about uh, jazz and baseball and uh, the end of the baseball season, beginning of the football season, and uh, basketball and hockey too. As, As these things turn, it's always a good time for Sports and jazz, because that's what I do. So I appreciate your listening today. I'm gonna I'm gonna play off with a little uh, with a little jazz here. That's me playing the piano. No Joey D. Francesco, but I mean my, my music I can play royalty free. And I appreciate you tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the program. Tune in next Friday. And every Friday to hear more math, to hear more musings. In the interim, uh, for more information or contact, you can go to MikeOConnellJr.com.